Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. a minute this morning. Well, it's kind of our annual t tradition that on this Sunday morning, rather than preach, what I try to do, and this is going to be difficult this morning, is I don't preach. I read to you a uh, something that I've written, I'm not going to read verbatim this morning, I don't think. I'm going to try to keep it from turning into a sermon. It's supposed to be a devotion. Uh, how many of you know what the difference between a devotion and a sermon is? Uh, if, you're, if you're Bob Ely, nothing. Oh, don't worry, I'll be grounded later. Uh, but it's supposed to be about 15 minutes difference between the two, but I'm going to try not to take long this morning. Uh, just share this thought with you. We started a series last week called Silent Nights, and I read to you the lyrics. We've sung them this morning. Uh, Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round John virgin, mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild, uh, sleep heavenly peace, sleep heavenly peace. I talked to you about the fact that Silent Night is in the top 100 of all-time favorite Christmas carols. Uh, but I don't know that it's accurate. We talked about this. There, in the natural, it was not a silent night. In the natural alone, I mean, you, we talked about this. You've got sheep and cattle and uh, a, a full city. You've got a, a first-time mom having a baby with no meds. No meds. I'm going to keep driving at home until some of y'all have experienced what I've experienced because Julie had a uh, towel with no meds, uh, and I recognize it was not a silent any time when you don't... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm still paying for that one. And uh, uh, it wasn't silent in the natural. It wasn't silent in the supernatural. John says that what was literally taking place was that uh, the Savior of the universe was being birthed and putting skin on and moving into our neighborhood. I love the way he says that. It was a loud night. Now, I have no problem with us romanticizing and glamorizing that night as a silent night. That's not the issue. Our issue is that a silent night for many of you has turned into silent nights where a God that was so loud on the, the, the evening or whatever time of day it was that Jesus was born suddenly in our encounter and experience with him seems to be one of the most quiet voices in the universe. He's, he's got this booming powerful voice and yet at the same time even though his voice can create universes with one word now we can't seem to hear him at all. And a silent night turns into silent nights. And so, what do we do when you can't hear God? How are you supposed to handle it when God seems to go quiet? Well, let's see. Luke chapter 2 uh, is the account of what takes place on that evening or that morning or whatever time it was. Luke chapter 2, beginning of verse 3 says, Everyone was required to return to his ancestral home for this registration. And because Joseph was a member of the royal line, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. King David's ancient home, journeying there from, Gal from the Galilean village of Nazareth. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was obviously pregnant by this time. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born, and she gave birth to her first child, a son. 
and she wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the village inn. So when you read this account of what took place on this particular evening, it is apparent, according to the text, that Mary was very pregnant. Very pregnant. So get this in your mind's eye. Just, just, just humor me, if you will. Get this in your mind's eye. There's a pregnant lady either riding a donkey or walking from Nazareth to Bethlehem, which is approximately 70 miles. <laughs> y'all, some, some of y'all don't even know. Uh, you ain't never even been in a car with a pregnant lady. This, 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 this lady was pregnant and 70 miles, seven, 70 miles on a donkey or walking, I don't know which, riding pregnant. It's estimated that their journey took somewhere around 29 hours of travel time. 29. Whew. That's almost three days of traveling. You break that up into three days of traveling. They were bouncing. They were plodding. It was uncomfortable in their journey to get to their destination. And, I, and, and I'm not trying to add to the text or anything, but I can almost assure you that at some point in that journey, there were moments where they thought about stopping and not completing the task. Now, then they get there, and Joseph forgot to make reservations. It was not a silent night. Right? That's what happened. So here it is. There's no room for them. Debate rages over whether Luke was referring to a public inn or he was referencing a guest room that was on attached to a family's uh, family member's house. And I think that really what is relevant here is not whether it was an inn or somebody's guest room. I think what is relevant here is that there was a space issue. There wasn't room for them. So what is really essential here is that in spite of her condition and perhaps the desire to stop or or short or call the journey off halfway, they had to get to Bethlehem. That's a key point here. You need to recognize that because what you discover is that they had to get married to the right place to fulfill the prophetic word that had been spoken by Micah 400 years before Jesus was ever born, a prophetic word had gone out that the Savior, the Messiah of the, of, the, of the nation would be born in Bethlehem. And so therefore, they had to go all the way. They couldn't stop short. So when they arrive at what they believe is their destined place, now get this, they arrive at what they believe is their destined place, the doors are closed to them. God was silent. One man made this statement. He said, God will book all the hotels to keep you from checking into the wrong hotel. It's a pretty good thought. See, here's my issue. We don't like a silent God, especially when his silence is heard through closed doors. We hate closed doors. But I got a question for you on this Passion Christmas family morning. What if every door that is closing to you is God keeping his prophetic word over your life? Closed doors moved Joseph and Mary into position to fulfill prophecy. So so in other words, your destiny is being held open for you. However, you have to know that a silent, listen to this, you have to know that a silent God will allow some doors to be closed right in your 
space to get you to where you're supposed to be. So if you let a closed door stop you, you will never find the right door. Every detail of his word in this account was protected and fulfilled. So this is what I need you to know this morning. If God said it, even if he isn't saying anything new right now, if God said it over your life, whether he said it 400 years ago or 40 years ago or four years ago or four weeks ago or four days ago, you've got to know that even if he's not saying anything right now, if he's ever said anything over your life in the past, then you've got to understand that God will bring his word to pass he always does he always will he is if he, he will always do what he said he would do so silence get this is not permission to take up residence in a closed place or to force open a closed door Oh, y'all didn't get that. I know I'm just supposed to be doing devotion. But, but, but some of y'all, God will close things to you, and you will do your best to force your way into what he closed. Okay, y'all, y'all just wanted breakfast this morning. I See, silence may actually reveal his hand for you rather than his hand against you. See, all that to say this. You, listen, we're getting ready to enter a new year. I'm trying to help you. You cannot force your way into a place, into a job, into a relationship, into a commitment that he has worked to feel in order to keep you out. See, some of y'all want that, that young thing sitting next to you about three rows over and, and they're already connected to somebody and you're doing your best to force your way in between. And God filled up that relationship to keep you out of that relationship. Uh, okay, see y'all. Yeah. See, see, he's faithful. He's faithful to his word. He's bound to his word. He watches over his word, and he will shut doors if necessary to keep his word. In silence, then, what do we do? Let me tell you. In silence, you must remain faithful to take faith steps, or in other words, to travel on God's word. You walk out God's word. In fact, what we do when you flip over into the New Testament, you begin to think about uh, when, when the disciples are in the boat and Jesus comes walking on the water and, and Peter, being the bold person he is, says, Jesus beckoned me to come. And Jesus says, come. And he jumps out of the boat and, he, and he's out there on the water and he begins to sink. We like to talk about that Peter's the disciple that walked on water. No, he didn't. He didn't walk on water. You know what he walked on? Jesus' word. Come on. Come on. Come on out here and join me. Peter stepped out on Jesus' word. That's what he was walking on, not on water. And too many of us want to walk on everything but the word that God's already spoken over our life because he's silent right now, so we don't think we're bound by it, but he's bound by that word. See, some of you are being led, and because of the silence, you don't even recognize that you're being led. You just think you're making all these decisions for yourself. No, you're not. God is leading you. I know he's not saying anything right now, but you need to think back about what he did say because what he did say is going to come to pass. So he's leading you through the silence if you'll just remain faithful to the word that he's already spoken. See, you think you're lost and you have no place, but he has a place reserved for you. So could it be that your issue right now and the frustrations that you feel right now is that you are literally standing outside a closed door hoping that God will change that closed door into an open door, although he's already worked ahead of time to fill that place up so that you couldn't get in. Because if you stand outside a closed door and try to convince God to open the door, guess what? God can close doors that no man can open. And he can open doors that no man can shut. And so, so listen to me this morning. This is what I want you to understand. Is that 
Some of us think that every closed door that we're coming up against is a curse. I need you to adjust your thinking and understand that if you're coming face to face with closed doors, this may not be a curse. This may be the greatest Christmas miracle in your life that God has shut that thing to you because he sees ahead of you. He's not trapped in our time. He transcends all time. He's gone before you. He's gone after you. He's gone all the way around you. And he recognizes that that place is not for you. And what I've learned in all of the silence of God is this, that God will wreck your plans when he sees that your plans are about to wreck you. Some of y'all making some plans. Like, I'm going to buy me a new car. You ain't got the money to buy a car. You can't even feed your kids and you're going to buy a car. And God will wreck it. You'll walk into the general manager's office and he'll laugh you out of the dealership. And some of you will say, well, that's one closed door. I'll go to the next dealership. And you'll walk yourself right from dealership to dealership and get yourself in so much debt. Just, just, just a devotion, just a devotion. Some, some of you have been in relationships and it falls apart. And rather than trusting God in the silence to recognize that he's prepared somebody specifically for you, you'll head right back to the same club that is broken. And then you want, uh, see, 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 see. Whew. I'm supposed to be doing, I'm supposed to be reading. So, so, so. <laughs> Michael, you messed me up, bro. <laughs> you messed me up. I, uh, we, see, we, we got to learn to hear and see God in closed doors just as, we, as much as we claim to hear and see God in open doors. I hear a lot of people testifying about open doors. God opened it up, man, favor, favor. But then you don't hear a squat from them when God puts his hand out and says no. Some of us need to get up and testify and say, I was about to jack my entire life up. I was about to propose to, I was about to, I was about to accept this, I was about to move, I was about to buy, and God stepped in, like I was going to buy the low riding white pickup truck with pink stripes down the side that had hydraulics in it and, and the pink seats and God stepped in and said no thank you Jesus because y'all have been laughing at me right now and instead I got me a little Mustang and looked really cool all through college because I had a Mustang instead y'all ain't helping me none y'all don't know y'all weren't going to buy the white little truck with pink seats in it that went up and down and thought oh, never mind See, we need to understand and learn that closed doors are only God's working on our behalf, positioning us for his blessings. If they'd have stopped short, if they would have sat outside the innkeeper's door, hey, let me in. No, let me in. My wife's about to pop one out here. Let me in. I've traveled 29 hours. 29. She's pregnant. No meds. Help. The whole story would have been messed up. Not only the whole story, the whole prophetic word that God had said. Four hundred. So we've got to understand. See, here's what I'm asking, and then I'll get out of your way. I'm asking God to open doors for you in this new year, but I'm also asking for, for what may be even a greater miracle. I'm asking him to enable you to respond faithfully to a closed door rather than camping outside, beating down, or mourning for decades over what he has worked so hard to keep you from from see you can't find what he has for you get this and then I'm done you cannot find what he has for you if you can only focus on what he has kept from you 
Y'all, that's good. I'll amen myself. You ain't got to amen, amen me. I know y'all full and ate all your donuts and stuff. But I'm telling you, some of you ought to be thankful that God has kept you from some stuff. But some of you are so upset and depressed and, and destroyed over what he kept you from that you can't even see far enough in the future to understand what he's kept you for. He's just been setting you up. The, the closed doors were for you, not against you. And as you go into this new year, God, make us faithful to accept closed doors in the silent nights of our life. Father, this morning I pray that you would enable us to be faithful this year. That when you close a door and we recognize that it's been closed, we won't mourn over it for more than just a moment. We won't try to bang our way through the door to get in. We won't try to get into places that you've designed and filled up to keep us out of. Instead, Father, I pray that each and every one of us would recognize that closed doors are your way of talking to us and that if we sit outside that door for too long, we will miss the opportunity that you're positioning us for. God, I pray that you would continue to be faithful over your word. I don't even have to pray that you fulfill your word because you're bound by your word. I pray that you would help us to be faithful to remember what you've said about us so that when we come face-to-face -to, -face to a closed relationship, a closed job, a closed position, a, a closed environment, that we would recognize that all you're doing is you're fulfilling your prophetic word over us. And we would be faithful to accept that and move on in life. I ask this in the mighty name of the one who can open doors that no man can shut and the one who can shut a door when we in our own power try to open it up. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, before I wish you a Merry Christmas and get you out of here, we need to do two things. One, I want to make two announcements to you that I'm very excited about because they're open doors for us. The first one is our Bears Club that is uh, launching in January. We've had a vision to help families that have children with special needs. It's, a, it's an experience that unless you're in that, you don't know. And so in January, our church is, how many families do we already have signing up for this? Uh, is it about nine or ten families that have children with special needs are going to be able to come to Passion once a month and drop off their child and their they're typical children as well. And we're giving them four hours of break. They can go shopping. They can go to movies. They can do whatever they need to do. It's, it's needed. And we're excited about that. But we need your help. Angel Tree this year. Everything on the Angel Tree is on the Angel Tree because it's what we need to be able to pull that ministry off. And so I want to encourage you. You've got about a week left. Stop in the lobby. Get one of those cards off the angel trees, angel tree, and go get what's on it. Bring it back by next Sunday, uh, if possible, and that way we can do that. And so we're excited. That starts January the 4th, right? Is that the first Saturday? The first Saturday of each month. And so if you want to get involved in that, see Julie or uh, Audrey, Stevens, Audrey Stevens. Where are you at, Audrey? She in here? She, okay, she just stepped out. So see one of them. They'll get you signed up. Now, the second thing I want to tell you about is the uh, fulfillment of a dream of ours from day one. We, when we started Passion six years ago, this was part of the dream. And uh, we're just finally getting to see this come to fruition, and I'm so excited. We tried, but every time we tried, we, found we faced a closed door. Now we know why. Um, and so let me do this this way. When I was a youth pastor in Greenville, North Carolina, I had the opportunity to 
Julie and I did to take our young people. We took two trips to Guatemala, um, and it was an incredible experience. When we got there, we met some missionaries, fell in love with them, and so we loved them so much that when uh, we went the second time, we, were, we went back to our home church there in Greenville and said, hey, we need to hire them and bring them from Guatemala. Their tenure's ending there. Bring them on staff as Hispanic pastors. And it worked out that they got to come and join us there in Greenville. Uh, the only problem was Julie and I left a year later uh, to come back to Oklahoma, so we didn't get a whole lot of time together. And uh, they were successful there, went on to lead an entire region of conference in the Hispanic ministry, and then just recently, uh, Luis and Liliana, come on, they were just uh, brought on as the National Hispanic Directors for the International Pentecostal Holiness Church. So they keep following us. I can't figure y'all are stalkers. And I introduced them to y'all a little while ago, but let me tell you what's getting ready to happen. On January 26th, which is a Sunday, we are launching Iglesia Passion right here in this building. And uh, they will be our pastors of our Hispanic ministry. We're excited, excited, excited. So if you want to help and want to get involved, well, I can't speak no Spanglish. I can only know how to do Spanglish. Well, uh, taco, burrito, whatever. Don't matter. We need your help. We'll help you. You can smile and shake hands and, and do stuff like that. So if you want to get involved, you need to see them. Uh, and they're going to be doing some informational meetings over the course of uh, January getting ready. And we'll start it on Sunday nights at the end of January. And we're very excited about that. Pray for us because we're also going into our little school right here that we've been doing outreach in. And what was it? 30%? No, 60%. 60% Hispanic student population right there. And so we're doing some things over there. So we need your prayers, but we want you to get involved. So would you please welcome Luis and Liliana Avila. Thank you. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.